Uh, we are talking about freedom, and actually today we're kind of speaking on that as a manner of our uh, sermon series called Let Us, and this idea of uh, the I, I, there are several scriptures within the New Testament that sort of actually have the phrase let us. And it occurred to me that uh, these scriptures are in there for a reason, for our instruction, for our ad- admonition, because the scriptures are addressing, sometimes we think, well, what does the Bible say to me? But in truth, the Bible has a word for us, right? So as we think about freedom, and we've been thinking about that, I, I was thinking about how God wants us to be free. Eleven years ago, young four-year-old Tyler came home from preschool all excited because he learned a new word. You may be wondering, what is the word that he learned? And why was he excited about it? Well, I'm glad that you asked. I'll tell you. He came home from preschool excited about a new word that his teacher had taught him. And the word was liberty. And he learned that liberty is something very special and something very important. And he came home from school, was excitedly telling his mom about that, and then he went on about playing. And I don't, we, we're, we're a little bit divergent on exactly what the issue was at the moment, but there, there was a disagreement between four-year-old Tyler and his mother. And in that moment, four-year-old Tyler became Patrick Henry. And he said, Mom, liberty means we get to make our own choices, and I choose liberty. And it was also in that moment where four-year-old Tyler learned the difference in living under a representative republic and benevolent dictators. But he really latched on to the idea of liberty, and I'm glad that he did. Because I think he understood innately that he was designed to be free. That all of us were designed to be free. It's a funny word, liberty, when you think about it. A lot of people say that they want liberty. But when it comes right down to it, they, they may not exactly want as much liberty. Think about it for just a moment. How much liberty do you have at your job? Uh, how much liberty do you have where you live? Do you live in a neighborhood? Do you live in a, in a, have a homeowner's association? Have covenants? Have rules? If you've been in those HOAs, you know some of them can be very lenient and some of them are very, very strict. What about our city and state and nation? We're thinking a lot about liberty these days, aren't we? I should have a right to wear a mask. Or not to. It's a funny word, liberty, because most people say that they want it. If you were to ask anybody, would you like liberty, they would say yes. But how much are you willing to pay for your liberty? This weekend, as we celebrate our independence, and and I know it's sort of become just the easier phrase to say, happy fourth, but I think it's important, as often as we can, to remember that it's not just the fourth. All nations all over the world celebrate 4th of July. Not celebrate, but they have the 4th of July. 
Only in America do we celebrate Independence Day. And if we don't say that phrase, if we don't call the day out for what it is, how will our children and grandchildren know what we're independent from? What that declaration was all about? What freedom really means? And is it more than just barbecues and hot dogs and fireworks? All of those things are fine. I hope that you did those that yesterday we did. But what is it all about? Is there more to it? I was watching a great movie yesterday. Just, we just kind of stumbled upon it looking for something patriotic to watch. Um, and Christine and I stumbled upon this movie called Memorial Day. And it was, uh, it was a story about a, a man who had fought. And he was a veteran. And he was now older. And he was, his grandson had found this uh, box of souvenirs from his war days. And initially, the grandfather didn't want to talk about those things, didn't want to talk about the war. And his grandson said something very, very wise for his age. He said, Grandpa, what is today? And Grandpa said, it's Memorial Day. And his grandson said, well, what am I supposed to remember? I think the same is true of Independence Day. We need to think about liberty and think about what it means. And think about it, not just from a national perspective, but from a spiritual perspective as well. Liberty is important. Our founding fathers knew its value. We know the, the famous words from the Declaration of Independence. If you'll show me the slide, guys. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 244 years ago, our founders valued that so much. They believed in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that they signed their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors to that pledge. Knowing the King George, King George would read their names emblazoned across the bottom, And surely a bounty would be on their head, on their lives, on their families, on their fortunes. And they didn't care. They chose liberty. Not because they were so good, and not because they had found something so perfect, but because they believed within their hearts that God truly wanted them to be free. When we study the scriptures, we understand that's true. They sacrifice. If you study this, the story of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, it's fascinating. They absolutely, all of those men, would sacrifice for the liberty that they loved so much because they resolutely believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants you to be free. God, since the very beginning, has wanted us to be free. Go all the way back to the garden. He gave Adam and Eve the freedom to choose from any tree in the garden, save one. He wanted them to be free. And so what did the enemy do? He enticed them into slavery. He enticed them into sin, into bondage. That's not where God wanted them. He wanted them to be free. God wanted his people, the the, the children of Abraham, the Israelites, to be free. A free nation. But there was much time in their history where they lived their lives in servitude and bondage. Because they refused the freedom that God wanted them to have. 
God wants us to be free. Individually and collectively, he wants us to be free. No doubt in my mind. But here's the thing. God will not force you or us to be free. He will allow us to reject freedom. We have to decide personally and collectively if we truly want to be free. If we want to be free, we have to understand one thing, and I think this is key. We have to remember the root of all freedom. I'm talking about true freedom is only found in God. The closer you get to your father, the freer you become. This is true, you understand, you expect the preacher to talk about this. This is certainly true spiritually. But I think it's true in all areas of life. Those of you who are a part of the Celebrate Recovery ministry understand that freedom happens the closer you draw to God. Financial freedom. If you follow the principles of God's word, you can be financially free. In fact, Proverbs 22 says the borrower is slave to the lender. We talk about financial stewardship at Northside on a regular basis. And usually we talk about the scriptures on debt. And debt is not a sin. It's not. But it's not freedom. Some of you know that we live a debt-free lifestyle, and don't judge anybody who doesn't. And sometimes people try to explain that. I say, well, I credit card points and airline miles and da, 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 And that's fine, no judgment. You're just not free. You're slave to the lender. God wants you to be free. God wants nations to be free. He didn't want Israelites to be in servitude to the Assyrians, to the Babylonians. He didn't want that at all. But he would not force them to be free. And he wants us to be spiritually free. If the Son sets you free, then you are free indeed. You see, freedom is a powerful gift from God. And he wants that for us so very, very much. But the question is, do we? Will we choose liberty? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if you're following along in your Bibles. and encourage you to follow along in the pews or... On your iPad, however you're following along. Second Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is writing another letter to the church at Corinth. The church had been through some problems. They had had some issues with sin, and they were coming out of that. And in this letter, he writes about the new covenant, particularly in chapter 3. And, and he gets very in-depth talking about the veil and Moses, but in verse 17, he says... This Now, the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God wants us to be free. And, and the closer we draw to Him, and the closer we abide to His Word, the freer we will be. It sounds very simple, but it's not as easy as it sounds Perhaps you have heard this quote from uh, the French historian Alexis de Tocqueville. He visited America in the 1830s. He observed what made America unique and special. Even at that time in the world, she was different than other nations. And perhaps you've read this quote in part. America is great because she is good. 
If America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. The problem with that quote, which is the most famous quote, is that it, it sort of misses the point of what de Tocqueville was really saying. It wasn't just talking about goodness for goodness sake. It wasn't saying, man, just America is innately good. There was something, there was, there was a deeper root that de Tocqueville noted. If you pull back and, and think for just a second, what was the source of goodness in America? By what standard do we define good? The scriptures tell us that not every good way is truly good. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, if you're following along, Proverbs 14, verse 12, uh, book of wisdom tells us, there is a way that seems right to a man. One translation, there is a way that seems good to a man, but its end is the way of death. You and I can be mistaken. We can think that, that our way is good, but in the end we can be mis- misled by our own emotions, by our own thoughts. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, the prophet called out a, uh, a mischaracterization uh, of the difference in good and evil. As he, as he cries out, he says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. And see, sometimes we think that, that, that what we think is good and right and true, but the scriptures say, no, we have to be careful. You have to be careful because you don't get to set the standard for what is good. So this is the problem with taking that quote out of context. See, there's a root of it. We, we, the scriptures are clear. You and I are broken. There's something within us that is unable to truly get to the heart of good. Let me give you an example from culture, from the news. A lot of stuff going on. I don't know if you've noticed uh, just a few controversial things happening in our world. Several weeks ago, uh, a, a group of Tyrants said that they didn't believe America was good, and so they were going to rebuild, and they, they just were going to basically take over a part of Seattle. And, and they said, we're going to rebuild it. We're going to make our own law. We're going to do our own way. We're going we're to truly find what's good. What they said was good was no cops, no law enforcement. Well, that wasn't really true. Um, just the ones that they picked could be in charge. And it was their standard of good. All right. Fair enough. You want to try that? They called it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. They were, they were free from the law, from the system. They had truly found what was good. And they, if just given enough space, could achieve utopia. They had it within themselves to do. Three weeks in. Three weeks in. You had murder. You had the killing of black folks. You had racism. You had rioting. You had looting. You had shooting. I thought they were trying to get away from this. I'm not making a political point here. I'm I'm making a a spiritual point. Do you understand? When you and I think that we can do it on our own, that we know what is good, that we know what is right, God says, ah, oh, be careful. True goodness is found in God alone. And we must seek Him. We must seek His Word. We must yield to it. We must submit to it. We must obey it. 
to truly find freedom. And this is what de Tocqueville was trying to say. Let's look at the full quote. He said this. Show me the slide, guys. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be graced. Dokeville understood that all nations would claim to be good. What made America unique was that she had something within her that was spiritually rooted. It started at her earliest days in the Declaration. They, 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 they believed that all were endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. Not given them to an elite few, but given them to, to them by one. A Father in Heaven who wanted them to be free. To live. To live with liberation. And to pursue happiness. You see, God is the only standard of good for our nation or for any nation or for any person. This is why, by the way, John Adams, the second president of the United States, first vice president of the United States, said this. He said, our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Here's the truth. America has been free. Whether she will remain free is up to us. But it won't come from our new ideas. It will come from us returning to this and returning to the one who wrote this and seeking him. Arguably, for the last 70 or so years, America has been gradually moving away from God, stepping away from her creator, thinking we, like many other nations in the past, know better. No person can be truly free outside of their relationship with God. And that is true individually, that's true for everyone here today, that's true for all of you watching, and that's true for every nation that has ever existed and that will ever exist. True freedom is found in God. And so, so today, when you see people saying, well, you know, that Constitution, it's really just a, it's a, it's a living, breathing document. What, it, what we need to do is rewrite it and make it fit modern times. Well, well, that would be expected, right? It would be expected if the people who are saying that don't fear the Lord and don't see Him as the authority and don't see Him as the true source of lasting freedom. We individually, personally, collectively, cannot be truly free without God. 41st President of the United States said this. I give you the full quote. Without God, there's no virtue. There's no prompting of the conscience. Without God, we are mired in the material, that flat world that tells us only what the senses perceive. Without God, there is a coarsening of society. Well, he's probably wrong here. We, We definitely haven't seen that happen at all. And without God... Democracy cannot long endure. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Now, Ronald Reagan was not a theologian. 
But on that point, he was right. For America and for any country. If we cease to be one nation under God, we will go by the wayside. And I hate that. We get to choose. God's word, as always, says it best. You turn to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Excuse me. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. It matters. What happens in your house, far more important than what happens in the White House. It's easy to point and blame and blame the red side, blame the blue side. Maybe it's time to start looking inside. And asking, are we seeking righteousness? Are we fleeing from sin? Are we pursuing God? Because if that began to happen, if we watch churches fill again and pulpits flame with righteousness, calling us back to the God who wants to set us free, then God could bless America. God wants us to be free. But you see, you and I must want that too. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is reproach to any people. I believe Steve worked from Psalm chapter 33 this morning. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom He has chosen for His heritage. Now, understand the context, he was certainly speaking of the Israelites. I think it's still true. If there's a people committed to the Lord and to serving him and to loving him and to obeying him, that nation is truly blessed. We must decide how free we want to be. And the only way we can try and find true freedom is by returning to the Lord. Nations have risen and fallen before. America has risen and could fall. The the question of how that will happen, or if that will happen, or if we will truly be free is up to us. We get to decide. We can stand in judgment of history and fail to take a good long look at the present. We, we can judge harshly and arrogantly the mistakes of the past and forget that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all need His mercy and His grace. You see, God wants us to be free. But we have to want that too. And He will not force us to be free. He wanted the Israelites free. But do you know what they wanted? They wanted Egypt. Uh, Turn to Numbers chapter 11 real quick. Numbers chapter 11 is the time when Israel had left Egypt, but unfortunately, Egypt had not left Israel. And the the, the caption in my translation of Numbers chapter 11 is, the people complain. I I know that was just back then. God's people do not complain today. 
But just so we are clear, this is a lesson for us. Verse 2, the people cried out to Moses and Moses prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. So the name of the place called was called Tiberah because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving and the people of Israel also wept and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. Remember the fish that we ate in Egypt that cost nothing? The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. Now our strength is dried up and there's, there's nothing Nothing at all but this manna to look at. Ah, times were good in Egypt, weren't they? How quickly they forgot, didn't they? They wanted all of the... You see, it's hard, to, it's hard to break free from the chains that you've grown accustomed to. It's hard to break free from the chains that you love. God wanted his people free, and what they wanted was a free lunch. Well, there's lots of people willing to offer a free lunch but the price of your freedom. And you got to decide. you got to decide what you want to be. God wants our nation to be free. And we have to decide if we want that too. And God wants you and you and you and you to be free. But you have to decide if you want that too. The only way to true freedom is found in Jesus the Christ. He's the only way. We cannot free ourselves from our sin. This is a problem of our making. Unfortunately, this is not a problem of our fixing. Jesus speaking to the Jewish leaders, John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, and pay attention to this. This is so fascinating. We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. What? Here was a generation that had forgot their history. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, Truly, I truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. God wants you and I free, but he will not force you or I to be free. But if you're ready to be free, you can be set free through Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. And if you're ready to be free, you can start, you can make that decision this morning. In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing, and and you can go to the back. At any one of the doors will be one of our shepherds. They'll be happy to talk with you about that. And if you're ready to go, they can give you further instructions on how to be immersed for the forgiveness of your sins, just as Jesus commanded. Or maybe you have a private need. Maybe you've been really struggling. I've talked to a few folks who are just really struggling with everything going on in the world. You probably need to talk with... The shepherd, or one of your shepherds. And they'd be happy to do that with you. They'd be happy to pray with you and for you. And they'll be at the back to to help you with any spiritual needs you might have. Whatever your need is, do not miss the point. God wants you to be free. So don't choose to remain in bondage any longer. Choose to be free. Choose to live free. 
choose to live as the Lord called you to be. If you have a need this morning, we pray that you'll see our shepherds at the back as together now we stand and sing.